It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with Dennis and uh, Brady. Going to shift up gears a little bit here on a Friday and uh, go from baseball to basketball. We're going to backpedal back because this is um, something that we've been promising to do for like two years now. Um, long and overdue. All, all winter long. Coach Jamison and I went back and forth. We'll get you on. Let's get you on. Let's do that. And, and we just could never get anything that worked out. Now we got something that yeah. worked out. Now before we start to get into football and finish up uh, baseball, good time, uh, more available time for all of us. But Dennis, just like our other interviews, I don't think we're going to be um, light on content. So let's, uh, let's get this going quickly, huh? All right. We'll be back with uh, Brian Jamison in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and clothes, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Oh. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Brady Port Huron. Brady here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. They're all Already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at advscu.org forward slash HELOC. 
All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with Dennis and Brady, and Brian Jamison uh, joins us now. We we joke, but, uh, well, you're looking in better shape than, than I am. But uh, I turned 54 last month. Yeah, we're in July now, right? Yes. Uh, and, and I won't say your age, but you're still younger. Yeah, 49. I'll say it. Okay. I'm not afraid. 49. So you started coaching at Northern when you're 19. <laughs> it's, it, it seems, seems like, like that. You've been there 30 years. Yeah, this will be, I think, my 24th year's head coach, I believe. 24. Don't see that a lot anymore. We talked about it with some of the other coaches, but Dennis, when you got here, everyone was a lifer. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, uh, Coach Hanton was was there and had been there for 10,000 years. Yeah. You know, um, the, it was it was everywhere you, you went. Guys had been, especially in football, it was, it was stupid how long some of the coaches had been around in, in football. And, yeah, in, in recent years, that's kind of gone away. If you're not paying attention, the coaches change at school. You, you walk into a place thinking you're going to see one person, and there's somebody completely new there. Well, it seems like 10 years is the new 25. Like, if a coach lasts 10 years, you've been around a long time. And, well, you've been around a long time, Coach. And this past season, you managed to make a little bit of history. First time undefeated in league and league champions. 
I think the growth of your team from the start of the year to the end had to have been incredible to witness. Well, we you know we started the season off with a tough schedule, played yes. some really good teams, and kind of at the time <laughs> took our lumps and thought, hey, hopefully this will help us in league play. And I think the guys really kind of built from that, and it, it really was one of those years where the kids really just just started playing better and really started gelling. So yeah, I was really proud of our team last year. Well, I like what you did, uh, Lance Cruz North is how you started, and you knew that if you didn't want to finish early, that's a team that you're going to have to learn how to beat. And the difference between the first time you played them and the next time you play them, there's quite a difference. Yeah, they came out. I tell you what, they, that was a team that really improved. They they had graduated a bunch of seniors and had kind of a good sophomore group and the very physical, tough kids. And they they beat us up, and I mean that in a way like well, <laughs> literally and figuratively. But they they were just tough and, and ready to play. And I, I you know kind of punched us in the mouth that first game, so definitely kind of woke us up a little bit. I think we. You know, felt like we were better than we were, you know, at the time. So I think it helped us. And, and I saw the Catholic Central game. That, their center <laughs> was stupid. Like that, that's They're good. They, they. Big who can play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig's can play. He can play. Yeah, and then you, you then you played Ferndale in uh, the round ball classic. And, well, Ferndale is, again, one of the top teams in the state. So you did not, um, you were not able to rest at all <laughs> before the new year. Yeah, that was kind of a perfect storm, too. They're very talented, and I think they hit like 15 threes, uh, which would be our school record by, <laughs> by like three. I mean, they just were on fire. and uh, I mean, start to finish, we kind of got, got worked that game, too. And then you go to SC4, and you play Troy, Troy Athens. Now, they're not Catholic Central or Ferndale. Right. But they're still a really good team. And that was kind of, I don't want to say Tyler's coming out party because everyone knew he was really good then, but it was a big crowd, and the first quarter he had, he, he I think he had like 13 points. He finishes it off with an NBA three, and you're going, okay, this team who's one and three, the opponents are really good, and, and they're learning a bit. And you go on to win a really close game. You were the main event of that showcase. Talk about that game and how the mentality kind of changed a little after that. Yeah, I felt to the point where high game, I think, gave us some confidence as well. You know, and then coming off of that Ferndale game, it was a little bit of, again, you know, where are we? And I think that, that Troy game, Troy Athens, you know, I, we just played better as a team too. I know Tyler had kind of reckless night, but I thought we got just really good effort from other kids defensively and just at that point I think we realized okay we could still be pretty good here if we you know kind of tidy up some things so right. well, that was the first time he broke the school record <laughs> for points in the yeah, game yeah uh, a couple of weeks later there there was a game against uh Cousineau um on purpose that you played a, a lot of games at home early in league and then went out on the road the second half you know it actually happened where like just gym conflicts like two teams had to switch home and homes and you know at the time I was like I don't know if I love it but that being said I, I you know having won them and got kind of a couple lead you know or a couple game lead over some of these teams helped us you know I think playing at home early kind of until we started playing a little more confidently. Well, the Troy-Athens and the Frazier games, it felt like Tyler was the star of the show. He was kind of putting the team on the back. And the, and the Cousineau game was obviously the coup de grace. And before I get into it, Dennis, you were there. We got to talk about that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's weird um, because I came away from that game uh, with, with, with a couple of things. First off, I really truly understood how good – Tyler can be, uh, and, and how he can get his points, which is different from other guys. Like, I'll, I'll use an example. 
probably before Tyler, at least in, in, in my time, Weimer was the best scorer at Northern, but he knocked him down from outside. He didn't have to make as many shots because his shots counted for three. Tyler scored 59 points and took one three-pointer in the whole game. Took one yeah. three-pointer in the whole game and made it. Uh, everything is getting to the basket and s- scoring in the paint. Um, it's it's just it's it's uncanny how okay if they challenge him at midcourt, mistake. If they back off, mistake. It's like, what do you do? Yeah, that was it was a special night too. But Tyler, Tyler doesn't settle, you know. And I think as a coach, you you kind of get kids. Hey, you know, look to attack, and if they take it away, take shots. But he does a really nice job of getting to his spots and where you know even if he does miss it, he's using position to get a rebound. He he's a very good offensive rebounder, especially off his own misses. He's but, got a uh, pogo stick. It's like he knows when he misses. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't hurt. He jumps pretty well, and he. Um, but uh, yeah, that night was special. He just was really getting to his spots, and Cousins a good team, I and mean, that's the thing that you know, kind of people look at that score and said, "How did he score so many?" And he, he we really needed well, most of them. The, what did the one kid from Cousins at? Didn't yeah, he have like thirty-two? Yeah, the, the one kid, I, I think he finished with twenty-nine. Yeah, and and I I said on the air, I said most nights kid scores twenty-nine. He's the story. And I don't even remember the kid's name right. Well, right we we had a lot of possessions because we were letting them score quickly as well. So I think it probably helped him score more points because we we were we were struggling to stop them. They 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 were tough. They were tough but, to guard. But the other thing that I came away from was he could have scored seventy. He could have scored seventy. He passed up chances to get other guys baskets and make them feel involved. You know, uh, it was the most. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be weird. It was the most unselfish 59 points I've ever seen somebody score. Yeah, I would say very. it was very efficient, 59, right? Like it was, uh, you know, Tyler still, I, I, he does pass the ball, but, you know, he, he definitely got his shots up that night. Yes. Though, so I, I wouldn't say he set any assist records, but he definitely, uh, I think he usually makes the right play. You know, if the shot's there, he'll take it. If not, he'll kick it. So obviously at this point, the cat's out of the bag. It's not just the people in Port Huron know. People around the state know who he is. But what started to happen after this game is you had some role players really step up. And once teams really were, I mean, double, triple teaming Tyler, you had other kids step up. And it seemed like every night it was a different guy, whether it was Maher or DeLong or Kanye Cole in a sense, that someone would have a game and they'd get those 12 to 15 points that would really help elevate you and keep you winning these close games. You only beat Frazier by six. You beat Utica in a, in a tight game, and then you had the two with Lakeshore. You had a lot of role players step up in those times. Talk about how much it helped your team having those secondary scores. Yeah, I mean, you named a lot of them. Malachi Mitchell, I thought, really yep. started playing well for us, too, and we kind of slid him down to a, to play a little more close to the basket. He was a good finisher for us, but uh, – you know, Luke Maher consistently kind of stepped up big in games where when teams either went boxing one or triangle two and, you know, a good shooter. Uh, Jacob Clark's another good shooter for us that yep. was a threat. Um, you know, and that I think a lot of it comes from, like, you know, those guys really progressed and you, you got to be a threat. And there's nights where, like, Tyler was able to get the rim and score more, but, you know, teams that, that collapsed and put two guys on them um, – Every time it happened, somebody, like you said, somebody made a play. So. And the other thing that I think you improved on a lot was your team defense. 
Because obviously early in the year, yes, you were playing some really good teams, but you see 76 points, 90 points, 57 points, 53, 62. And then as you get to the tail end of the stretch, you really don't go above 50 that often. And, yeah, you can have a star score, but if you're not playing good team defense, it's going to be a track meet every night. Yeah, and that's something we played, you know, had several seniors, very smart, great position players, and, and I think, you know, tough kids, uh, just kind of built for good defense too. They're, you know, we could switch a lot of screens, had decent side of, size of the guard positions. Uh, yeah, there were some nights, like I said, that first, that first Lakeshore game was the night I thought really our defense was really clicking, and kids were in the gaps all night long, and I thought, you know, that was a night too. Evan DeLong did just a great job on Jackson, their best player, and really limited him, and um, but yeah, I, I think we got going there defensively, and that really carried us through some nights where maybe the offense wasn't there. Well, you look at the last five games. You talk about that Lakeshore game before Lakeshore came up to Northern. Seventy-one points against Frazier, seventy-eight against Cousineau, sixty-six against Utica, fifty-six against Anchor Bay, and then they come into your barn and you hold them to forty-one. Well, with them, if you can stop their transition game and not turn the ball over, you know, some teams, it's just tough. It's tough for scoring a half court. You know, we really try to get out and run because of that. Like, and that was a night we did a good job taking care of the ball. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think our position defense was as good as it had been. And, you know, we had bigger guards, uh, and they were smaller guards. So we yep. kind of take away the three a little bit. And when, you know, I know that night, too, we. Kind of put Tyler on a, a, a maybe not as much of a threat. He was able to help on drives and so give a little more length at the basket. A couple of shot blockers. I know Kanye Cole had a good game too. You know, uh, protecting the rim and so it just kind of perfect storm for us that night. Now you, you know you you've, you're doing something right if in the regular season Brady or I go on the road. <laughs> Normally, you know, it's the middle of the winter. We're going to stay as close to town. And I'm sure there were other games that night that we could have gone to that were, you know, close to home. But it was like, we have to go and see Northern Lakeshore. This is for the title at their place. And there was a lot going on, too, because Tyler was passing relatives in the scoring list. And, and he was uh, he was really close uh, that night. He might have passed two people that night. Um, and, and just there was a lot going on, and you guys were trying for the undefeated league season and the outright league championship, and, and actually you were going for, for your 10th win in a row at that point. Like, you guys were really playing well, so it was like it, it was the must-see game. So drove down there, not disappointed at all that I did because I ended up seeing – a really fun basketball game. I think that you know, as a coach, you just you want the kids to be able to play in meaningful games late in the season. You know, obviously, you play your rivals; it's a big deal. You play some some good teams early, but you know, when you're right around game fifteen of the year, some years you're just playing games, and uh, it's just fun to be part of you know a league championship caliber atmosphere and. And the guys stepped up, you know, on the road. And like I said, I think Lakeshore gave us everything they had that night. And we, you know, we're fortunate to come out with a win. But it's fun to play in meaningful games late in the season. That's always the goal. Well, before we got on the air, we were talking about it. This is in a stretch. You played, I think, four games in eight days. And in between the two Lakeshore games, because the, the game at there was moved, you had to go to Cusno. Lakeshore was just sitting there game planning for you. They didn't have a game in between. You're going to their place. 
that had to have felt like one of your better wins all time as a coach at Northern. The one the one advantage is, you know, we had just played Lakeshore and prepared hard for them. So, like, typically the one-day prep is tough. You know, yeah. we spend a lot of time on Scott Report. And, you know, so for us, you know, that I think we played Cousin on a Saturday. Um, then it was a weird yeah, kind of makeup. And then we came back Sunday and did some walkthrough. But – Lakeshore was fresh. I was more worried about legs at that point, and uh, you know, I think I think adrenaline carried him through that one. I know the next game we played Anchor Bay, and we looked we looked dead tired. I think it was the next game. I know that yeah, was yeah, it was two days later. Yeah, we, that, we only won that by game, eleven. That game we struggled because I think that you know we were kind of emotionally and physically to run down, but um, kids gave it all. They're all definitely on that Lakeshore night. Well, and again, Tyler scored twenty eight or twenty nine points in that game, but. It was shots that other kids made. They didn't make as many, but there were a couple of three-pointers from a couple of different guys. It might have been the only shots they made all night, but it was when they made them in the game. It, it just They were big moments. And some free throws down the stretch. I know some guys made free throws, and like you said, a couple times, you know, uh, a couple runs uh, we made, yeah, were or, uh, started by guys that maybe didn't score that many that night, but did hit big shots for us. So you get to the MAC tournament, and Warren Cusno goes on the run of the, the ages because it was it was stupid. I saw both of those yeah. games. I saw the game they played with you because it was what a Friday afternoon. It was like at three yeah. p.m. Uh, and then uh, they played St. Clair. Those two games, I've never seen a team shoot like that. Cousineau, you know, we, we did a pretty good job the first two times. They have two really good shooters, and we stayed home. And, and then that, that game, we just were getting behind and kind of forced to scramble a little bit, and then those guys got open and kind of blew that game open, you know. Um, but give them credit. I thought they played really well. We didn't have our best night, but I really thought that Cousineau just came in there with a great game plan and, you know, guys are making shots like that. They're tough to beat. Yeah, and, in, you know, basketball, you get, you get on a hot streak. I mean – they barely get into the MAC tournament. They're the four seed, and then they trounce back-to-back league champs by twenty points each night. It, it was it was one of those things where you just tip your cap and go, "They're just the hot team right now." And if you thought they couldn't miss against you, it was even stupider against St. Clair. Like they were just throwing up ridiculous shots, and everything was going in. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I felt our first two wins against Cousin were good wins, you know, and we we weren't looking past them. We knew it'd be a tough game, but. You know, like you said, sometimes some nights is not going your way. I'm still mad at them. I wanted a St. Clair Northern game this year. <laughs> that was like one of the one on my wish list I never got because I think that would have been a lot of fun. And if, um, and if you don't know Brady really well, he gets sour when he doesn't get his way. Yeah, yeah especially I get excited because I see it. I'm like, they just have to win these two games. And I'm like, oh, they've beaten Cousineau twice. And, you know, I'm not playing. I can overlook them. Yeah. And then, yeah. Anyway, so you get to the end of the season and – I mean, we've talked about this on here. Not all districts are created the same. Right. And you have one of the toughest districts year in and year out in basketball. You know you have Dakota no matter what. And that's regardless if Anchor Bay is really good, if Lance Cruz North has a good team, or if your crosstown rival has a really good team. So to get through your district, you have to really get in the trenches. You draw Lance Cruz North. It's a closer game. Dennis, you were there, but you just come up a bit short. Well, I mean, I I went there that night hoping to see a good basketball game uh, and uh, a hockey game broke out. I, I, that was so 
physical coach. Like, I mean, it was vicious both ways. Both, both teams were into this. Um, and, you know, the officiating was meh. Um, and it was a, not a good night to have meh officiating. But, I mean, I was one – there was a point uh, at the start of the fourth quarter, it was like, are we going to have enough kids on both teams to finish this game? Because everybody had four fouls. Um, the one big kid for uh, Las Cruz North, mean fouls. Just yeah, mean. yeah like, physical. You don't see that too often in high school basketball. Like Jordan Rules. It, it was a, a mean game. Yeah. No, and like I said, the first time we played them, I thought they, they were the aggressors. They were a lot tougher than us. And I thought we played a lot tougher and, you know, fought back. And, you know, we just, again, kind of was a good game. I think one stretch in the fourth where they went like a 6-0 run or 8-0 run really separated the game. But, um, you know, Lance North plays hard. And, you know, I guess physical is probably a polite way to put it. But but I do think we kind of, like I said, didn't. You know, like we got a lot of fouls too. Yeah, I remember, well, I, mean. you, you I can still picture, out. you know, Maher in there scrapping. And I mean, we were, we just again, one of those games could have gone either way, but unfortunately, it ended. I think we said going into that game is if you had a tightly called game, like you had some more old school BWAC officials, that would have benefited you a lot more. I definitely think we play a little, you know, less, less physical, less right. handsy. And yeah, and, and I mean, like, it's a definitive strategy for teams to be more physical and and Tyler if you don't touch him he's going to get to the rim you know and and so I think I think you have to be physical with them right. because um otherwise you're just backing up and and so I, I don't blame teams for that either you know I think that's you, you got to be a little more handsy and get your body in front and and Lance Couture did a nice job of it so obviously your non-conference scheduling reflects the toughness of your district I mean, you know, like I said, you know you have Dakota there. Is it just something that you just put out in the open? Like, guys, if we want to win a district, you have to play at, like, a regional championship caliber basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we – well, and a lot of our non-league stuff came about, too, just people inviting us to play in kind of better events, you know, which we got invited to play, you know, CC at Callahan. We got invited – we were supposed to play Brother Rice, actually. Uh, and then that got <laughs> – and they were another top ten team, and when they cancel, we said, "All right, we'll re- reprieve them. They give us Ferndale." Yeah. So, um, but I, I do think, yes, our scheduling is trying to reflect more. Like you know, and if we could win a district, our region is going to look like that too. So, you know, we're we're trying to play better teams. Even if your region's tough, you know, it probably won't be any tougher than your championship. Because what was it in our first year, the twenty-one district? You had Dakota on the ropes. For what, th- two and a half, three quarters? Uh, pretty much middle of the third quarter, that game was still. Like, we were down we're three with two minutes to go. We were down three with two minutes to go in that game. That was Atlantic Cruise North, right? Mm-hmm. That one when Braden was still playing basketball. And uh, yeah, I think that. And Dakota is still the team to beat in our district. They have been for a long time, but um, it's, it's the gaps narrowed, uh, but it's still. A daunting task to get through them, and Lancaster North is going to be good again too. So, no, the, the, yeah, that that was a, a Saturday afternoon game too. That the one district with uh, Dakota. I'm mixing up by two. Yeah, I'm I'm going back even further. Yeah, you're right. Uh, two years. You're right. The the COVID year where yeah. 
Yeah, that was a great game. We were up, I think, I think we were up like eight at halftime. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I was going at, back. At, I think at, at halftime, I'm getting texts from Brady going, "Are they going to upset us?" Yeah, <laughs> we had a good chance, and then they, man, they had a lot of kids to step up second half. But I was, yeah, I was thinking back the year before when we kind of had a, another good game with Dakota. So we've been, we've been getting closer. Well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we'll, we'll, we can take a break. That's perfect. That's where I was going. We, we, we've got a. Th- you, you win a championship and you don't get to defend. You're going to change leagues this year. So we'll, we'll get into that, too. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday. The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and clothes, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires 
and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Mary's or Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magna International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water Area High School Athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady and Brian Jamison's joining us on the uh, program today, talking lots of basketball. Uh, break it, break up that baseball talk. Oh, basketball is always fun. It just I feel bad. They're sandwiched in the middle of the year, so we can't do it at the end like baseball or before for football. And both their seasons bleed. Football and ho- it kind of bleeds into the start of basketball and hockey, and the end bleeds into the baseball and softball. So we don't really have time to do this. So we, we tuck it away for the summertime, and then coach doesn't have time in, in the summer because he's running around <laughs> doing. Family stuff and going, basketball going stuff. Going around the country coaching basketball. Yeah. And I ran out of excuses. You know, I've been avoiding you guys, but I, I finally was like, I had nothing to do today. So, uh, no, it's I've always wanted to come on. So, I, I do enjoy your show. We threatened to come out to shoot around, and he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll track him down. But anyway, so obviously after another successful year, the way the MAC goes, you're moving up a division. You're going up to the white, which is going to be really, really Talented. Let me pull up exactly your the entire division because it has changed. You're, yes. By this point, you're the only local MAC team not in the same league as <laughs> everyone else. So your league includes Ike, Gross Point North. Did you play North or South last? South. South. Okay. South. Croslex was the one that played North. New Haven, Romeo, and Mott. That's going to be a gauntlet of a schedule for you guys. Yeah, we were intrigued by the challenge. You know, I, I think the the blue will be good again as well. But we thought this is a good time for us to maybe play some different teams. And you know, I, I think the challenge of them, all those teams have key guys back. In most cases, the best player back. And you know, again, we're, we're our goal is to maybe you know try to try to win a district. And and the better teams we can play more consistently, um, you know, it's, it's it felt like the right move. Let's put it that way. Right, because I mean, a lot. I mean, 
you outside of New Haven, you're going to be the biggest school or the smallest school yes. in this division. And New Haven has been a basketball power for what? Um, we're going on a decade now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I hate these moments when I feel old. Because I was going to be like, oh, it's been like five years. I'm like, wait, no, because they were good when I was in high school, and that's longer ago than I want to admit. So, yeah, I mean, usually they were in the red for a while, weren't they? They never got to the red. They were the best team in the MAC, but they were kind of the, the MAC rules. You pretty much have right. to go a league at a time. Right. They were climbing up there. Um, but they were, like I said, they were the king of the MAC there for a stretch. Now, we were we were talking about it, and it just it, it blows my mind when people say Warren Lincoln is the power, <laughs> but they are right now, aren't they? That's one thing in the max. Some of the smaller schools are good basketball schools, like you said. New Haven's not a very big school, but they've been great. Warren Lincoln has some really good players, and they would be in the conversation for sure as one of the top max schools. And um, but it that's what's nice about basketball: it ebbs and flows. You know, football seems to have kind of your traditional powerhouses but basketball teams can kind of kind of rise up here and there well and you mentioned that so you're in the white in football outside of marine city if you play a team in the silver you're going to crush them kids are going to get hurt and it's all there are some teams in the silver that i mean you would be the favorite against but on the right night could jump up and nab you and that goes for anyone else in the white and it just feels like from top to bottom basketball is the most competitive in the in the MAC. Yeah, I would say, and specifically boys basketball yeah. seems to be top to bottom. I think I think you know the even with girls, it's more red white, clearly different than blue gold sometimes. And I mean, but it it again that varies because there's been some great teams down lower divisions for the girls as well. But yeah, in boys basketball, it really there's years where you know the the blue is better than the white, or the white's been better than the red, and and definitely uh, definitely parity. Well, yeah, because I mean, I know, remember years where Clintondale's in the silver, and they're one of the best. They're they should be in the blue or the white, and they just have some talent. And there's years the silver has four really good teams, yeah. and the gold would have like it'd be a two-team race. But yeah, it feels like even the bad teams in the lower divisions could still beat good teams in higher divisions. Yeah, and that's what you see that in the MAC tournament when you're crossing over, and you know it's kind of a crapshoot really on, on a lot of those nights where. Four in one division is beating one in another, or you know, but uh, it's yeah, it's been a good league in basketball. And every, you know, every two years we realign, so it's right. it's kind of it moves around a lot, but it's it you know definitely teams are are good top to bottom. I, I feel like there is more of a shift when they realign for basketball. Like you see more teams move around, and which I think is kind of cool because every two years you're you're playing, you're, it's not always the same. Whereas like in football. The red never changes except for one team. Yeah. Every two years, there's some poor soul from the white has to go up and <laughs> yeah, take a beating. They draw the short straw. Well, the, the other teams in that league stay the same every year. Everybody was hunting for six wins, you know, and so like no one wanted to go in the red in football, and and even so, teams would kind of try to stay in the league. They knew they could win. Where basketball, I think. A little more of a hey, let's take on this challenge because we're all going to make the tournament. Right. You know, we're all, you know, I think let's try to play better teams and not really try to to just make sure we get six wins like they do in football. Well, we're used to. I mean, you do now. You have the MPR, which do, your record does somewhat affect postseason, but at the end of the day, you're still playing the same teams in the district. Now, a district like yours, it makes a big difference if Dakota and Lonsgrews North play on the other side and you're playing not them. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. For the most part, I don't think the regular season record means that much. Well, and and fifty percent of the NPR is your opponent's win percentage. Like so, you know, you try to cushion your schedule with wins, but you're going to hurt yourself in your NPR a little bit because those teams aren't getting wins. So it's a, it's an it's an interesting formula how that works. So you definitely get rewarded for playing a tougher schedule. So I think that helps too. They just they're making it too hard. They're making me think too hard. <laughs> like we got to sit here with calculators. Uh, and go, okay, yeah. this happens. Well, yeah, now. you knew. Yeah, random draw was easy. All right, yeah. on this day we find. Yeah, out we're gonna the put draw. everything in a hat, and this is who you're gonna play. Well, they, and you might get lucky. Dakota and Lenskers North might play each other in the first game, and one of them's going home for sure. Uh, another change that they've done is now you get 22 games. I have to imagine you love that change as a coach. Yeah, I, the kids want to play, and it, it allows us more opportunities like to play in events. You know, we'd, we're going to play like in a minimum of four showcases this year of just kind of fun, you know, typically on a Saturday. Or I think we have one on a Sunday where just different, different atmosphere, different teams, um, and, and it gives you more flexibility with those 22 games. Plus it allows us to get – like our local rivals back in, and we're right. probably going to play between one or the other. Well, we're we're scheduled to play St. Clair again. We're trying to work out to play Cross Lex. That's in the mix. So, um, like that. so like you know, yeah. we're with twenty. You're limited, you know, because we have our ten league games. The league assigns three more. Plus, there's three in the MAC tourney. So, you, know, you pretty much had four games to play with, and so now we have six, and we can move some other rounds. So, we'll get some get some games back on the schedule that that maybe we lost the last couple of years. Basketball is such a tough sport scheduling-wise anyways because I feel like, especially with the boys, you just get it going and, oh, it's Christmas time. And if you're not playing in a Christmas tournament, it feels like it's 12 days between games. Um, and that can be tough. Yeah, it almost seemed like two separate seasons. You get it rolling and then, you know, a lot of us took those two weeks off. But, we, you know, we're going to play two games over Christmas right. this year and try to play one really close to the you know start of the break so that – you know, maybe a week off, but it, you know, it's it, you need to play over break because it is it's tough to come yeah, back. If you didn't play over break in the last season, you would have played Port Huron on December sixteenth, and then your next game, which would have been a league game, which would would have been January seventh. Yeah, so that's what yeah. over three weeks or about three yeah. weeks off. And we used to kind of just throw in a you know try to scrimmage somebody or something, but now it. You know, anymore. I mean, obviously, families want to travel, and we'll lose a kid here and there, and we totally understand that. But, like, it's just Christmas time is fun to play, though. Like, it's, you know, when you don't have school, and you just kind of, hey, let's let's meet and get on the bus and go play somebody. That's that's the best. I think that SC4 showcase is one of the best things that college has ever done. I think it's been great. I've been great for, you know, it's hard to go watch all the local teams, you know, mm -hmm. for, for especially for myself. And, yep. you know, it's nice to go there and watch them get, you know, I'm, good friends with a lot of these coaches and you know we talk about their teams but if i'm not watching you know on film i'm not getting to see them play so it's a it's a great venue well i know a lot of coaches were coming up to you after the troy athens game talking to you because it, it took i had to wait in line <laughs> you were you and tyler were the were the men of the hour that night yeah it's it's kind of a we have a neat you know all coaches i think have an neat fraternity of friendship and and a lot of local guys they're watching and people that we've known forever because of the summer it's kind of a small world, and like in in the summertime, kids that play against each other play with each other, and so it's kind of this unique thing that so you see these kids play all summer long, and then the school year comes around, and you might not get a chance to see, you know, kids the, the, that 
play with Tyler or kids that you might coach on a team or whatever, and these tournaments give you kind of an opportunity to, to, to see how kids are doing that you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these kids played in our youth league when, you know, we've been running our youth league forever, and, you know, it's it's fun to watch them. I, I really enjoyed watching all the local guys. Well, um, I do have a question, but I think it's going to be a loaded one. Okay. So let's get the break in because I think it will go down the rabbit hole. It's a rules-related question, <laughs> and we've talked about it before, but let's take a break because I don't want to get into this and then be forced up against it. So, Dennis, anything else? No. Well, we'll that will be the lead-in. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 we welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis, Brady, and Brian Jameson uh, on the uh, program. The uh, head coach at Port 24 years at Port Huron Northern. 27 total, yeah, three years as an assistant, and then 24 as a head coach. time. That's like dinosaur stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of two-hand set shots when I first started coaching. But uh, <laughs> uh, at least we don't have to stop the game to poke the thing. <laughs> Jump ball after every make. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the the um, game evolves, right? Especially at the high school level, it's usually the trickle down. The last one. There were two big things that people wanted. One was the twenty-two games, and yep. that one got pushed through. The other is a shot clock. Yep. Now, Here we go. this is why I wanted to wait. Now, let's just assume the logistics work out. So, like, the small schools can get people to work it, the funding. Let's assume that part works out because I know that's a legitimate uh, gripe with it. Would you be for or against the shot clock in high schools? 100% for it. Um, we vote about every year on this, and it's it's most college, high school coaches want the shot clock. Just end of the game, uh, the flow, so much better, right? Like you're not fouling so early, no one's stalling. It's like just better basketball, and I think it forces more. Sh- like, How much time would you want on it? Uh, I'm good with the 35, I think is what. What was the – I know there was a – last year they did like a trial. Uh, I know we're playing at North Farmington this year over Christmas, and there will be a shot clock. Um, I'm pretty sure 35 was kind of what they did, and – I mean, I played with shot clock in college. I think we started, we were like 40 or 45, then it moved down to 35. That seemed like Which a reasonable number. 40 or 45, because the thing I want to have go away is teams just holding the ball. Yep. Hold, hold the ball and like foul with like two or three minutes to go, knowing that there are enough possessions. And with shot clocks, you know there will be enough possessions right. to get stopped. So like, uh, oh, yeah. And and you know what? It's hard because you're, you know, you're up eight with two to go and – you know, you probably should put it on ice, but then you're also scared. Of, like we often turn the ball over a lot, so it's right. it's like, should I stall? Or should I not? I'd almost rather just let's keep playing. You know, and uh, I think it does make a better game. 
Do you think it is something that could happen, not only getting it through there, but like I said, the logistics? Because at Northern, it probably wouldn't be hard to get someone to run it, get, get the funding to put it up. But you go up to Deckerville and CPS and Peck, and there's a lot of those schools around the state getting not only the funding, but getting another volunteer to sit there and run it or he, another official. Yeah, I, I think, though, it's it's a if it's one person doing that job, it's not something too daunting of a task where running the clock and doing the book, but just – Kind of start and stop in that. I do. I do think it would wouldn't be too big of a problem. And and that seems like those digital clocks are a lot cheaper than they used to be. And uh, you know you can even put them on the floor. So if there's an issue with mounting, I know it's a little more expensive doing stuff. But I I do think you could do it. I, I there's enough there's enough funding out there, and it's not it, it wouldn't be hugely impactful on a on a school's finances. You know it, it's because. I'm for a shot clock. I like offense. I like yeah. more shots. I like more scoring. Uh, I'd rather see a uh, 75 to 70 game than a uh, 50 to 35 game. I really would. Oh, for sure. Um, but on the other token, if if I'm a coach and I'm the big underdog, I, I'm playing Dakota. They've knocked me out of the district 15 years in a <laughs> row, and Easy. I'm sitting there in that game. Up by six with two minutes to go, you're darn right I'm going to tell my kid to stand there and hold the ball and make them follow me. Yeah. I am. I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to be ashamed that I did it because that's what I have to do to win that game. Right, right. And it's it, it does add some drama when you do see an underdog kind of right. sitting on it. But I, I think it – you know, you look at all the plus and minuses. Obviously, I prefer a shot clock, but and and you know, we've been in games too where people try to stall a little bit, and it's you know, it can be frustrating if you can't turn them over. Uh, and oftentimes, you can because the team that is is the favorite is the bigger, more athletic team. Usually, if a team tries to stall, you just kind of trap them and scramble them. But but there's some teams that can hold that ball for a long time. Well, the the example we use is it happened in a game we did Croslex and Ferndale in a quarterfinal game, and it just feels wrong, and I didn't blame the Ferndale coach. His job is to get his team to win, put right. his team in the best spot to win, and he did that. But you just feel tainted, I guess. That might not be the right word, but it felt weird going. We decided a quarterfinal game with a team holding the ball for two minutes, and ultimately – Longer than that. Yeah, it was like three or four. It's like it's a quarterfinal right. basketball game. That just it didn't sit right with me. Yeah, and, and Ferndale is the favorite. They, you know, yeah. they had they had some they stuff. have players, like but that. it's you know I, I can see it in situations if a team's really like packing back in a zone, they're down by ten. I can see pulling it out to make them come guard you and then attack. You know, I've I've seen that happen, and that makes sense. It's more of a strategy right. thing. But like, you know, if you've got opportunities to score, I like I like to see scoring. You know, right. And- a forty-five second shot clock. Still, if the team, if this team sitting in the zone is willing to sacrifice forty-five seconds, yeah, I feel like that would be a fair trade-off. Because again, I know some of the less talented teams getting to run through the off. I mean, setting up an offense might take half of a thirty-second <laughs> shot clock. So I just, I like it there for that. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I get the, the, and I always cringe too, and I hear that coach stand up and go. Five passes before a shot. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, here we go. I'm going to run four corners. And I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have philosophy like, hey, get in a 
good shot off is better than a turnover and the longer we hold it the better chance we have of doing something stupid with it so i i kind of like hey let's be aggressive and if we get a good shot after one pass great if it takes three or four that's fine but i know for us reversing the ball six seven times it's probably gonna get picked off at some point so tangently related we talked about this a bit during the break is getting people to run it the question of whether it's a volunteer or an official that can be a different thing but officials there's a shortage and whether it's because of the COVID thing or just because less people want to do it, how does the MHSAA get more people, and specifically more younger people? Because bless the, the guys that do it, but a lot of them are getting up there in age, and it looks like it's hard for them to get up and down the court sometimes. Even when they're trying their best, like their bodies just can't do it anymore. Well, the problem, too, is we've got so many schools so close together. Oakland County, PSL, Flint's not far away. So you've got a lot of good officials, and we're kind of fighting for the same guys. You know, I, I do think we just have to pay them more. You know, and I, I mean, at that point, it just lures maybe people to come do more MAC games. But even in general, you know, like I think if 20-year-olds, you know, whether, whether it's an extra 20 bucks a game or, you know, because I do think there's probably a price that will lure more people. I know – um, because it, it does seem like it could be a good side job, but part of the problem is refs get beat up, you know, yeah. and and it's tough to sell a kid like, hey, he twenty five years old, come here, and there's going to be a bunch of fifty year olds yelling at you all night. Right. Like, I, I think we have to probably be a little more civil, you know, in the stands, and and but but I I, I think we got to try maybe just. Try more incentives, financial incentives, and or maybe you know whatever that might look like. Because um, because I do think it's it's definitely going on a path where it's going to be tough to get officials because there aren't a lot of young ones out there right now. Yeah, you know, and you make a good point too because the the younger guy is too. Even when he's doing a good job, yeah. he's going to hear more. Uh, I had that experience. I wasn't doing high school ball; I was doing rec league ball. But as a teenager, my dad ran Sterling Heights. Oh, okay. Officials Association for Rec. So that's how I made money in high school. You know, my, my junior and senior years, I, I was loaded because you made good money. You got to do four rec league games in one night, and you're you're set for a couple of weeks back then. Yeah. Um, and But because I'm 16, 17, 18 years old, and, you know, you're, you're doing the 30-year-old league, you know, you, you know I, could, I could call the perfect game which I never did. Yeah. I could call the perfect game, and I'm terrible, and I don't know what I'm doing. You're a young kid. What are you doing? I mean, you just take a lot of abuse, and it does, after a while, it gets old. Yeah. Well, it would be nice to get some of these kids before they're married, before they have kids. They have more free time at night. Like, But I think, again, it's tough sell. I mean, I, I love the game, but I don't know that I'd want a ref and take that verbal abuse from some of these people. But <laughs> well, uh, like. The, the thing I've always said is, and again, I don't know how much manpower they have at the at the state and who would do this, but why aren't you going to SC4 and going to the JUCOs and going to the schools and saying, hey, you're done before you get your full-time job or, oh, you're going to SC4, you're just transferring to go to school. Why don't you go be an official? You're yeah. going to Michigan State, go do Lansing games in Lansing and go sell the kids that already know the game and want to stay around the game but can't. But, again, I don't know if they have a person to go around and go pitch it to a bunch right. of different community right. college. No, they need to figure something out. You know, it has helped a little bit. We, we stagger nights now because in the past, you know, Tuesday nights, boys and girls are playing the same night. Now we stagger. So we're not fighting with our own, you know, girls and boys the <laughs> same night mm -hmm. like we used to. So 
but uh, there's still a lot of good ones. Um, I'm hopeful that that Simeonians will get in the get in the business. Would that help at all if they went back to the old way and the girls played in the fall? Or, or does that not really? Make you would that think happen? it would. I mean, like I said, we're on alternate nights, but you know, throughout the state, you know, we play a Tuesday night. There's a lot of basketball games, boys and girls, going on. So, I do think it would help. You're right, but uh, that's that's probably not going to happen. You know, that was a lawsuit that went on for a long time, and it's pretty well settled. You know, yeah, you gotta have you have to do a lot to change an entire sports. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think we're we're this is our system now. Yeah, well, I mean, I like it. The one thing we at least didn't get a lot this past year was it felt like there weren't a lot of big Friday night, like, doubleheader games. And those are the the best ones. I think I had one, St. Clair, on a Friday night. The girls and the boys both played. And those are the best atmospheres when you can get everyone in. You're not splitting fans. You get the, the, the parents of both teams, and then the girls are in the crowd for the boys' game, and then they switch. Like, it, it felt like we didn't have a lot of those this year. Well, it's you know you, you're, you're, as it is, you're getting every other Friday. Right. You know, if you don't do, if you don't coordinate a doubleheader with your with the other other uh, gender, but uh, for us, that's one of the first things we look at. How many home Friday night games do we have? You know, and and all of us coaches do in the league, and we look, and in a typical year, it's like two. You know, sometimes three. Sometimes you only have one. Like it's there just aren't. It, like it used to be when I played. It was Tuesday night it was a big deal, and Friday nights were always hyped. You know, and now it's every other and you're playing on some mondays and some wednesdays and so it's different it's a different you have to know the crowd's different on a friday Mm -hmm. yeah well and kids don't have homework due and the parents are more like let them go to the game and you know it's a better atmosphere no doubt no doubt about it do do you notice much of a difference when they try when they can to do the three-person crew um but there were a lot of times where we had two do you, uh, while you're coaching, while the game's going on, do you notice a big difference between? Three I don't. I mean, we've we've switched over, so we've probably the last three, four years been all three for the varsity games. You know, where it used to be, uh, Poyer in schools, we were still two. I think Marysville was still doing two for yeah, a while. I think it was my, like I was we kind of hung on longer than most districts in that respect. And uh, um, the biggest difference is just like sideline calls and things where. You know, something happens in front of your bench, and with two, sometimes they didn't see it. You know, so I, I think if you can get three good ones out there, it's great. Uh, you know, but sometimes that third one might be damaging the game. Sometimes, you know, I mean, <laughs> I have, yeah, I've definitely. I mean, like I said, a good three-man crew or three-person crew, I should say, like that's worked together. Uh, that's what you know. I think I think guys that work together more do a little better job. Of, sometimes when you get someone new out there they don't want to call some other area because it's not my call but like when they know each other better they're more likely to just make the call they see and that's kind of what you hope for and that also helps you mentioned the young guys getting beat up helps insulate them you put them with two veteran yes. guys and they can get their feet wet a little right. bit putting them with two guys that know what they're doing yeah. and that if as a coach you have a problem with you can go to the old guy and just say either hey tell him he's got to figure it out so you're not screaming at a kid in his second night yeah yeah kind of give him a, a good good experience to train under some veterans well you'll get like uh, it's it's fun because we get there early enough to set up that that you see like the second half of the the jv game and you can actually like pay attention to things other than like when when you're actually doing your game getting names, you're following the ball, you, you miss some things. Right. But when you're just sitting there watching, and the thing that I notice, like when you get uh, two officials um, a lot, one guy is like 
the dominant official and calls everything, and the other guy doesn't do too much. Right. Like you, you'll get you'll get a game, and you'll go like, "There's 50 fouls. One guy's called 48 of them. The other guy's blowing his whistle twice today." Yeah. No, there definitely gets some some differences there, but. Uh, yeah, I actually thought this year we had pretty decent crews overall. You know, it's it, it's something you really try to just – you can't control. So, right. it, you know, there are nights like, oh, wow, it wasn't necessarily the best, but there's nights we don't coach well and the kids don't play well, and I think to expect the refs to also be perfect is, is awful difficult to do. So I, I've tried to not fixate on who's refing, and sometimes mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, in the past would look at a crew and – you know, maybe maybe overanalyze it, but now it's just say hey, let's just play and and uh, they'll do their best. Hopefully, I will say I was hell on officials when I played in every sport. <laughs> I was, and now when you don't really have a stake in a game, like yeah, I hope if you're playing a non-local team, I hope it wins. But when I see St. Clair and Armada play, it doesn't affect my night who wins. It's a it's funny. The officials are a lot less bad when you don't have a stake yeah. in the game. No. And, and that's the other thing about it. What what's the easiest person? I guess some people will yell at their kid, but most people aren't going to yell at their kid. Right. And most people are not going to say anything to coach because they want their kid to keep playing. Uh, <laughs> channel their frustrations so, so towards who's, the guys So who's stripes. left? Yeah. You're going to yell at the ref, whether he made a good call, bad call, or an indifferent call. There's definitely nights where I'm frustrated, and sometimes I'll even tell the ref, listen, hey, we're, we're bad tonight. I, yeah. I apologize if I took anything on you. I said, really? But there's only, you know, it's just, it's just as a coach and as parents and spectators, you kind of – Get a little frustrated some nights, and like I said, they're they're easier to to yell at, and they're they're easier to pick out because they got those stripes. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> well, um, coach, thanks for coming on. Um, I know we have a little bit of ways until you guys tip off your first game, but we're excited for it. And again, you had a congrats on a historically great season last year at Northern. I really appreciate it. you guys too. I appreciate your coverage. It was a phenomenal. I think it's neat for the kids to kind of have this platform where they. You guys discuss local players, and I, I, it really means a lot. I know my kids listen and my players listen, so we appreciate all you guys do for us. Well, let's do another 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> and let's have another uh, league championship game on the road that Dennis can go yeah. to. Let's hope for – well, I'll, the, the league championship maybe. The 24 years, I can guarantee you no. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.